Welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Okay guys, if you are not already a member of the VHive, I highly recommend you become one. The lowest membership level is only $2.99 a month. There are three different memberships, but I'll just tell you a little bit about the lowest tier, but still a great tier. It's called the Premium Hive. And what you get by becoming a member of the Premium Hive is access to exclusive discount codes to my favorite products in addition to a bonus Ask Me Anything episode every single month where you will be able to send in your questions directly to me and I will answer them anonymously. So by becoming a member, not only are you receiving all of this incredible additional bonus content and as the tiers go up, you receive more and more content, but you are also helping to support the VHive and allow us to continue to spread this information and education and just grow our mission and create awareness around women's intimate health. So if you wanna learn more about the VHive memberships, go to www.thevhive.com backslash memberships. So today I am here with Taylor Douglas. This is so exciting because, I mean, at least I've known about you for a while. I think at least two years. Yeah. I'm not sure if if that's the same for you, but it's so weird because I really never thought that through social media and the internet and Facebook and everything that I would really like actually meet someone who's made such an impact on my life and so many other people's lives. And I just want to preface the conversation by saying that you were the person that wrote about Nicole's work in a lot of the pelvic pain, vulvodynia Facebook groups. And that's actually how Kitty Per found Nicole's work. And yeah. I had her on the podcast a few weeks ago and I mean, I know that she's doing so much to spread the message about Nicole's work. So if anyone listening now hasn't listened to the episode with Kitty, I highly recommend listening to that one because it's an amazing story of radical healing. And so back to you, you were the person that really, like you saved her life. She said that this work saved her life and it's just so incredible, but I am so happy to be able to talk to you because I want to find out like how you found about her work and I want to hear about your story and what your whole journey has been like because you were like the person who really I mean if it weren't for you I wouldn't know about her work oh and you oh my god this is the biggest part you reached out to me on Instagram and yeah. you were like 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. It's all coming back. You, you can see how prepared I am at seven in the morning. Also, you're in Australia. Let's just say that you're in Australia. So it's 9 p.m. there and it's 7 a.m. here in New York. Um, but okay. Yeah. So you reached out to me. You messaged me on Instagram and you were like, there's this woman, Nicole. I don't know if you heard of her, but it looks like what she does is amazing. Something like that. I mean, I should go back and find yeah. the message right now because I think that'd be so interesting. <laughs> Maybe at the end I'll do that. But I forgot all about that com- totally, right? actually. Oh, my um, God. I forgot all about that. And the same with um, Kitty. It wasn't until she reached out to me or I think it was your podcast um, episode came out the other week and I listened to her story that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Kitty from like ages ago. I remember her messaging me and sort of just asking a little bit about Nicole's work after I'd posted some things um, on the forum. So, so crazy. Yeah, it's really cool to sort of oh um, hear those stories about how much, you know, one little message or, or one post can have an impact and, and can spread the word so widely. It's so crazy. And when you messaged me that about Nicole, I read it and then I had never heard of her before. I immediately started researching her and looking into her and I was like, okay, this is crazy. This is so cool. I was fascinated. I then messaged her on Instagram and was like, I have this podcast. One of my listeners just reached out to me and told me about your work. I would love to have you on the podcast. And I think it was literally within two weeks. She was like, oh, I'll be in New York next week. Would love to come on and share the message. And I was just like, wow perfect and oh and you knew I think and then I told you and I thanked you and you were like that's crazy I can't believe that happened like oh my god so funny because I remember um I found your Instagram page whilst I was going through my own uh pelvic health sort of journey and yeah once I stumbled across Nicole's work and I sort of started doing it myself and seeing some sort of minor improvements I was like I saw that you had such a, a quite a significant following and I thought like why not spread the word if it's going to help you know one or two people so it's amazing that you got that opportunity with Nicole and it sort of um, led others and your followers down that path as well which is um, really really nice to hear that um, yeah it's impacted so many people and people are finding relief through that so it's very humbling. I'm so appreciative and I want to thank you because if it weren't for you, I really, I mean, maybe by now I would have found out about her, but I wouldn't have found out about her when I did. And as you said, now it's helped so many people through just sharing her work on the V-Hive and it's really incredible. So thank you so much. Okay. So (laughs) now let's talk more about you. I want you to share your journey with us um but first well you can actually decide where you think is a better place to, to start do you want to first yeah. start with your story and then how you found Nicole's work and what what else you did and what that all looked like or do you want to just first start off by telling us quickly how you found Nicole's work because I'm just curious and then we can get into your <laughs> story yeah, no problem. I'll start off with how I found Nicole's work okay. and then we can sort of backtrack a bit and and start awesome. with um, my journey, I guess. Perfect. Um, so with Nicole's work, I, as we all do when we're going through pain, we sort of are researching everywhere and anywhere to try and find, um, you know, the information that we need to see some sort of improvement with our symptoms. And uh, for me, 
somewhere along the line, I don't know exactly where it was, but I stumbled across um, Nicole's podcast whilst I was searching for other pain-related podcasts to listen to on my um, commute to uni. So I stumbled across Nicole's podcast, um, but it actually took me a few weeks to actually like go in and listen to her podcasts, uh, which looking back, I kind of wish I just jumped straight in straight away. But um, yeah, just randomly decided to listen to one of her episodes on the way to uni. And um, yeah, it, it was one of those moments where I was like, not 100% sort of convinced that I've, I've found the cure, but it was something that I was open to. And from there, I sort of delved more into the research behind it. And I purchased her book and then sort of started practicing her journal speak and and doing some meditation from there. It's so interesting how, as you said, you were just open to it. And I think, yeah. as Nicole says, just being open to it is what anyone who would be interested in doing the work needs. Like they just need to be open to trying it and to believing in it and to doing it. And that's really... Yeah. I think the starting point, which is really interesting, but, um, okay. So backtracking, walk us through your journey from the very beginning. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll try and uh, keep this as brief and concise as possible. Um, I'm sure everyone can relate Our Our journeys are all usually complex and um, very detailed, but for me, um, it started, uh, just one day waking up with, quite significant pelvic pain, uh, what I would sort of explain as uh, typical UTI symptoms. So um, I went off to the doctor and um, they suspected it was a UTI, so they gave me antibiotics. And that was sort of like a back and forth process for a couple of months. Um, The antibiotics seemed to work for a little while and then the symptoms would come back. And then it was sort of like an ongoing cycle of that until eventually the antibiotics stopped working and um, I continued to have daily pelvic pain um, from there on despite the antibiotics that I was given. Um, That was a very sort of scary moment for me. I think, um, you know, having the antibiotics work for a period of time, I sort of had hope that things would sort of just go away on their own. But once it sort of set in for... um, you know, it was all day, every day uh, with no relief or things that seemed to be helpful. It was quite a scary moment, which I'm sure we can all relate to. Um, from there, I did uh, sort of some research and went and saw um, a number of other doctors to try and, you know, get some tests done and try and get to the bottom of the the underlying issue. But they referred me to a gynecologist um, who suspected that I have vulvodynia Um, and that was sort of like my worst nightmare come true because through my research I'd been looking online and I did stumble across vulvodynia and just reading the stories of people who have been through that and the lack of sort of research and evidence of people having success with healing, um, it was a very daunting moment to sort of have that diagnosis, so to speak. So that, yeah, was a very challenging time just coming to that realisation. So they gave me some nerve pain medication, which I was really hopeful that that would help, but it didn't seem to help at all. Um, And then I saw a number of other health professionals from 
um, pelvic floor physiotherapists, um, acupuncturists, um, gynecologists, and just multiple other doctors who all sort of couldn't seem to give me anything or guide me through any interventions that had any impact on my pain whatsoever. It was very persistent. And I got to the point where I sort of decided and I could tell that nothing was really working and I was just returning to all of these health professionals and paying money for what seems like absolutely no reason. So it kind of got to the point where I was so financially stressed that I just decided to um, slowly stop going to to these appointments and um, I weaned off the medication because I I didn't see any um, relief from that. And it just got to the point where, yeah, I basically just stopped doing everything um, because nothing seemed to be working. And it was around that time that I came across Nicole's podcast and I had started meditating and seeing some relief actually just from meditation sessions. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of the first little indication to me that, you know, maybe there is an element of stress or something psychological going on that was playing into my pain. I didn't think it was the the main cause, but I was like, it's quite clear that the meditation is working. Therefore, I was open to it being um, sort of stress-related, I guess. And can um, I ask one quick question? Yeah. Is there a specific type of meditation that you were doing? Um, a lot of the time it was just like guided meditations mm-hmm. um and for how long like were the sessions do you yeah, mean yeah, yeah. or how long did I do meditation for were the sessions um I believe it was around about 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. at that time I was sort of new to meditation and um as we all know it's it's quite a hard thing to do for a long period of time when you're first starting out so I think I started at 10 and maybe worked up to 20 minutes mm-hmm. maximum No, I think it's just really helpful to hear that because I assume a lot of people listening are wanting to start meditating, but don't know how to really get into it, where to start, how long is the right time to do it for. And there's obviously no right or wrong and different things work for different people, but it is interesting to hear what you did and and that it did help you. Yeah, at this point, I'd sort of stopped seeing my physical therapist and I was just sort of working on, okay, meditation seems to be helping. I'm just going to continue continue with this um, and see where that leads. And then once I started looking into Nicole's work, I purchased her book and then obviously went into a daily practice of journaling and meditation from there, basically. Um, From there, I guess um, when I first heard about Nicole's work, the notion of the mind-body connection and the emotional contribution to pain immediately sort of resonated with me um it was something that I was open to exploring at least I wasn't again 100% certain that it was going to you know work but I was open to it and as you said I think that's something that is important for um people to do is just be open to different um different things which can certainly help in the journey I guess So um, I started doing her work every day um, and meditating and I think it was within maybe, I know within like three days I saw some little shift in my pain intensity. Um, 
it didn't sort of hang around. So it was very inconsistent, but whether that was correlated to the actual work or whether it was just a coincidence, I'm not sure. But I know within three days, I had a couple of days where things were really good. And that, I guess, gave me a bit of hope that this could be the answer. Um, so yeah, from there, I just continued with the daily work and, um, that was really challenging, I think, to go from doing basically nothing to having a daily practice like that. Mm -hmm. Um, for me though, I was just so desperate at that point to do absolutely anything to help me with this pain. So I guess for me, it was a matter of like what hurts and what hurts less for me, um, committing to every day, uh, was challenging, but I knew that dealing with the pain every day was more challenging than doing the work. So for me, I guess I sort of got in the habit of asking myself when I was feeling resistant or I didn't want to do it, like, do you want to do this now and have a chance at getting better? Or do you want to not do it and, basically be guaranteed that you're going to continue to live with this pain. So mm -hmm. that's sort of what kept me going, I guess. Yeah. And how long did you do the work for, or are you still doing it? Um, I'm still doing it um, to not as consistently as I was. Uh, for the first probably six months, I reckon I did it quite consistently. Um, and when I say consistently, I mean like every single day, to some extent, even if it wasn't as long as I normally do it, I made sure that I sat down every day and did some journaling mm -hmm. and some meditation. Um, again, just because this was the only thing I sort of had a little bit of hope for and was the only thing that um, I could see actually getting me to the other side of this pain. So mm -hmm. Um, it was a daily practice for a long time, which I'm glad looking back that I stuck to because we know that change comes from being consistent um, and sort of having some form of faith in what you're doing. And that's that's what I did. And I was confident that I was doing all that I could. Um, and slowly over time, I did see some improvements, which certainly helps you keep motivated and, and keep consistent with the work. Mm -hmm. So if you had to say like, after you, after six months of doing her work and seeing improvement, well, also let's talk about what improvement did you see? Yeah. So for me, my pain was very up and down, you know, even before I did the work, I would experience, you know, short periods throughout the day where I'd have no pain, but then it would sort of come back and it was very, very up and down. So it was very hard to see what was working and what wasn't working. But for me, the moment or the days that I sort of realized that things were working were when I had longer periods um, without pain during the day. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the time I would wake up and I would have pain, but with the work and over time I started to sort of have a drop-off or a reduction in pain sort of around midday and then the afternoon would be relatively pain-free. So I guess the changes that I mostly saw were just longer periods without pain, but I was still experiencing pain every day to some extent for quite a long time. And what did you do or did you do anything eventually in conjunction with Nicole's work or what, I don't know where you are today. Are you completely better or are you 
significantly better from then and what what else got you there yeah so I guess for me I I obviously was doing um, Nicole's work quite consistently and I had quite a lot of faith um, in that process just given that you know I'd read her book I'd read um, you know John Sarno's book and, and a number of different resources that sort of supported the mind-body connection and the psychological influences on pain. So I was quite convinced that this was, for me, um, the way out. Mm-hmm. I had, um, you know, some childhood trauma that I hadn't worked through. So this concept I was very open to given my history and I knew that there were things that I had to work through and I had to sort of focus on in order to um, try and help with my pain. So, um, yeah, I was doing that and then I was also sort of taking a more, I guess, holistic approach. Like I knew for me working through my emotions was one part of it but as a health professional myself, so I'm um, studying to be an occupational therapist, I know that participating in meaningful activities every day has quite a big influence on your health and well-being. And um, so remaining engaged in things that were meaningful for me um, was important and something that I prioritised despite the challenges that the pain obviously had on those things. And then obviously just your basics. So um, eating healthy, making sure I'm getting enough sleep, um, exercising when I could tolerate it, things like that. I made sure that I was sort of ticking all of the boxes to set up a healthy environment for my body to heal in. Um, So, yeah, I guess it was a mix of a few different things, but nothing as significant as the emotional work. Mm-hmm. Um, I started seeing a psychologist as well, which I found quite helpful. Um, just given my history, it was a lot easier to sort of delve into those places that I was quite resistant to go into initially. Having support through those times was definitely helpful and just getting a different perspective on things. So, yeah, the psychologist, Nicole's work, and then just your basic sort of health principles of eating healthy, sleeping, exercise, um, and working on my relationships Mm -hmm. and sort of how I work into that. Mm -hmm. And so are you better today or are you still working through some of the challenges? Yeah. So from like a pain perspective, I'm probably 95% pain free at the moment. I certainly still get, um, pain to a small extent, and it's, it's quite temporary, but mm-hmm. I still experience that probably maybe once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it goes away quite quickly. And I have sort of some strategies now that I use to ensure that that pain doesn't stick around and that I'm working through the things, whatever it is that has come up that has sort of caused that pain to arise Um, I'm quite good at identifying that now and just being very reflective of what's going on in my world, um, what's going on in my head. And I sort of use my pain more as a signal now on Mm. things to to work through. So interesting. So do you think that doing Nicole's work allowed you to be more in tune with what causes the pain 
when it comes up. Yeah, definitely. As I said, um, my sort of childhood trauma has been quite a long process to work through and I understand that that's not going to be a a quick process to work through and I think that's why I'm still potentially experiencing some pain but um, this experience as frustrating as some people might seem this to be I, I think if I could go back and change this I probably wouldn't because it's been such an enlightening experience for me um I no longer fear or run from my emotions um I can view my emotional triggers and negative thoughts from afar I don't get so caught up in them like I used to and they don't overwhelm me nowhere near as much as they used to um you know, there's just been so many different areas of my life um, that have changed through this process as much as the pain had um, an impact on my relationship. Like my partner and I are stronger than ever now. And um, yeah, it's just, it's it's been such an enlightening experience for me. Um, and I'm definitely more self-reflective and, and aware of my triggers. Um, which I wouldn't have been without going through this experience, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I want you to talk about your relationship. I want to hear about that. And I know that that's something that everyone listening is probably interested in hearing about as well, how you navigated that. But before we get into that, I just want to say that this is such a helpful conversation right now because I think it's important for everyone to hear that you're not necessarily going to, you know, read Dr. Sarno's book or do Nicole's work and radically get better. And I think that we hear those stories, which are absolutely incredible. For example, Kitty's story, she did Nicole's work and within 28 days, her vulvodynia was basically gone. And, Mm. you know, there are stories like that. And there, I just watched Dr. Sarno's documentary on... It was on Amazon uh, Prime, and it was amazing. I highly recommend it. It's called All the Rage, I believe. Um, yeah. All the Rage. Yeah. Did you watch it? I haven't watched oh it, but I've heard it's so very interesting. Good. Yeah, it was so interesting. But they share all of these stories about people who – and they share other stories – that didn't go this way but you know a lot of stories where people with people who read his book and their back pain was gone after but it's interesting because the man who films the whole documentary is going through his work and has back pain and is reading it and his back pain isn't going away with that said I think Nicole's work and all of the TMS and the mind-body medicine philosophy is essential in anyone's healing as you've discussed because it doesn't necessarily look we all would like to have to do something and be like okay this is going to get us better in x amount of time but as you've just explained it doesn't work that way and that's the same with me I'm doing Nicole's work and it's not working that way but it's working in the most incredible ways and I know it will it will work it's just a slower process for some people but I think that doing it allows you to be so much more in tune with the connection between your emotional and psychological state and your physical state and what you feel in your body and again as you've said now when I 
you know, my main thing is just bladder urgency. And when I feel that my bladder urgency is worse through doing Nicole's work, I literally just sit down for a minute and I'm like, because for me, I don't really ever like think I'm stressed. I'm like, oh, everything's great. Everything's good. I'm good. Nothing's wrong. But then, so I'm like, what could it be? Like, what? That doesn't make sense. But then now I actually like take a minute. I sit down. I think about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually kind of overthinking this. Or I actually kind of feel annoyed about this. But I'm not. It's more subconscious but once you do the work, yep. you can kind of access what's in the subconscious and be like, that's actually kind of in the back of my head. And that's something I've been thinking about all day, but pushing it and suppressing it and pushing it back and having the tools to be able to bring that forward and then write about it or process it or even just know that, that that's what's contributing to a flare up or to a certain symptom is life-changing and that's why I'm such a huge advocate of Nicole's work because it doesn't matter if you get better in one day or a year or however long it takes it's just you are giving yourself these tools that you literally cannot get any other way yeah exactly I totally agree with that I think it's really yeah important to realize that we all have and we're all going to have a different path to healing and I know I certainly struggled um to remain hopeful through that process because I did the work consistently for quite a period of time and I still wasn't you know apart from the occasional um relief I still wasn't seeing very much change and it's quite easy to fall into that um sort of victim mindset of what if this is forever and um, what if there isn't a way out but I guess the important thing to realize is that even if you aren't immediately experiencing relief from this work as you said there's so many other benefits to it in um, from like a self-reflective perspective um, I know for me as you mentioned, this sort of subconscious stuff, there was a lot of things going on subconsciously for me and and I didn't quite realise how much of an impact my childhood had had on my day-to-day life now. And it wasn't until I sort of started doing this work and sort of confronting those things that I realised some of the, the patterns that were going on, the negative beliefs and the triggers that sort of backtrack to my childhood and yeah if it wasn't for this work I wouldn't have had those realizations and been able to address them as I have and through that process it's definitely um, not only been a growing experience for me but I feel like all areas of my life have benefited from it um, including you know as I said my relationship as, as hard as that was for us you know my partner being there for me was, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And I got to see a side of him that I hadn't. And we got to see each other in ways that we hadn't before. And and coming out the other side of that, I'm so grateful for that experience because, as I said, our, our relationship is stronger than ever. So, yeah, there's all I can say is doing this work, even if you don't experience immediate relief, you're at least going to come out of it more self-aware than you were before. Do you have any advice for, because I hear this a lot, for people mm-hmm. who have pain, have pelvic pain, pretty severe, 
have tried a lot of mainstream treatments, aren't really finding relief, and know about this work, but are so resistant to starting it because their wounds and their trauma and all of the shit that's gone on in their life is so profound that they can't even fathom unleashing all of that. Yeah, it's certainly a tricky one. I would probably say for those people, um, when commencing this work, if you do have quite significant um, trauma that you're resistant and hesitant to work through on your own, I would definitely recommend um, getting a, a therapist to help you Completely. in that journey, I think, yeah. um, is super overwhelming to delve into wounds that you haven't ever opened before. You might stumble across wounds that you didn't even know were there. And I know for me during those times, having a therapist there to guide me through that process and to reassure me that, you know, I'm safe, I'm here in the now, sort of bring me back to the present moment. Just having that support um, is definitely hands down worth um, investing in. I I do know that the financial output for that, um, depending, I guess, what country you're in, I know for me being a full-time student, uh, the financial, I guess, burden that that put on me was quite significant. But again, I wouldn't go back and change that because the support that I received through those times were just invaluable, really. Mm -hmm. So I guess, yeah, firstly, just getting support from a, a therapist would be my number one advice to people. But also, I guess for me, during those times, like... I just had a gut feeling that I needed to work through these things because they were continuing to come up time and time again throughout my life. And I knew if I didn't work through them, they would continue to hold me back in so many different ways. Um, there's no real easy way to go about it. You've sort of just got to ease your way in as smoothly as possible. But yeah, definitely mm -hmm. seek support because it can be a confronting process. I agree with that. And I think that also having someone to talk about things with is helpful. Like a lot of it, I've realized you can do alone, which is really interesting. Mm. But also a lot of it, you know, for most people, you can't do alone. And there's no reason to have shame in going to therapy I think that everyone should go to therapy it's so helpful you learn more about yourself you learn how to navigate the world you learn how to be a better person like there's so much that you learn from yep. just talking to someone that I think it's helpful for anyone especially someone who's had pelvic pain because pelvic pain is traumatic in itself and even if you haven't had any trauma the trauma of having pain in such an intimate part of your body is real and it's something that deserves to be worked through and deserves attention but I want to now just talk a little bit about your relationship with your partner because that's something that also a lot of people struggle with while having pelvic pain or any form of chronic pain really so yeah. I mean what was navigating that like and how did you guys come out stronger which is incredible 
Yeah, I guess for me, um, it definitely helps. So my partner is a physiotherapist. So from like a pain perspective. He understood a lot of it. Yeah, like he understands in that way and he can be very empathetic um, to that. So I was definitely blessed in that sense. And he was really helpful and supportive when it came to giving me further education on, you know, pain science in general. Um, So that was certainly helpful but I guess in regards to um well firstly the intimacy side of things it was definitely challenging I know initially I tried to just grit my teeth and continue to engage in sex as normal but I realized that that was basically making things worse really because the internal stress that I was going through in that period um I was literally repressing emotions by not expressing how I was feeling and how much pain I was into him initially. It definitely just exacerbated things and it got to the point where I just had to be really open with him and just say that, you know, there are going to be times that I'm going to be open to being intimate with you and there are going to be other times more often than not that I'm going to refrain from it because the fear for me at those points in time were quite intense um and obviously when you're being intimate and internally you're stressed out and you're sort of um tensing yourself it's it's just making things worse so it came to the point where we had to just be we had to communicate with each other about what was working and what wasn't working we had to try different things um at times we just had to stop altogether but I guess for me, I'm very grateful that he was super supportive in that process and it was just a matter of finding things that worked better than others and sticking to that until I was ready to sort of explore other things. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, quite a challenging period and I know even now like that my pain is 95% better, I guess in a way like I'm still sort of... My, my brain is sort of conditioned to still be fearful of intimacy. So it's still definitely a process that I'm working through. I mean, 90% of the time it, it's perfectly fine, but it's an ongoing process to sort of untrain yourself from being fearful of intimacy. So just be compassionate for yourself. Um, hopefully your partner is compassionate and empathetic as well, which from the stories I've heard, a lot of partners are pretty great with things and very patient in that process. So I guess all I can say is is don't hold back how you're feeling. Don't feel pressured to engage in anything that's going to make you any more stressed or in more pain than absolutely necessary. And just communicate. That's that's really all it comes down to, communication and trying new things outside of that I I know for me I was very fearful that my low mood and my anxiety and you know I was having like weekly breakdowns where I would just cry all the time I'm sure many of us feel like that is a burden for our partners and that it's going to drive them away but I think if you have trust in your partner and and you know deep down that they, they love you they want to be there for you um just communicate with them how you're feeling because they they truly do want to be there with you. And I know my partner, he 
was just amazing throughout that process. As I said, he really surprised me with how well he took things, um, how well he was able to pull me out of such a dark place at times. And the support that he gave, the empathy that he gave was just um, such a blessing through that process. So I guess moving on from that, seeing that side of each other was enlightening for us both. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm super grateful for his support throughout that time. That really makes me so happy to hear because it's hard. It's a really hard thing to go through with someone, but I I think that it's something that really brings people's true selves out and that's something that you want to see. Like you want to see how your partner's going to handle a hard situation. And if they handle yeah. it well, that's such a big sign that that person will be there for you no matter what. And I think that, you know, the hard part is, as you said, like, am I going to drive this person away because I'm crying or because I don't feel well or because, you know, whatever it is, but it brings out someone's character. And if that person is not there for you, that's also okay. And that's something that you needed to know and you needed to see. And we're all strong enough to work through that and move on and move through things that don't serve us. Exactly. I know it can be certainly hard. I know I've heard some um, stories where their partner hasn't been super supportive through that time. And as you said, it it can be very difficult. But if you can look at it um, from a perspective of, you know, it's better off knowing that now than later. And um, as hard as it is to accept, like that, that's... Um, that's how it is and it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So yeah. I know that's probably not relieving for anyone <laughs> who's going through it, but um, hopefully looking back, you can you can see um, the blessing in disguise at that, that time was. I could not agree more. Was he the main person that you turned to for support throughout the hardest times? Yeah, definitely. Um, my partner was the main person that I turned to for support. I, I do have a very supportive family as well that I turned to. My mom um, is amazing. So she was another person that I turned to quite often. Um, other than that, just my therapist, as I mentioned, um, and I'm still seeing them now. So um, still receiving support through this process. As I said, I'm not sort of completely pain-free and even aside from pelvic pain, you know, I've, I've got, you know, headache problems, jaw problems. Um, as Nicole sort of mentioned, the pain can travel to different parts of the body as well. Um, and that's sort of what I'm experiencing. But as you said, not everyone's journey is the same. And I know that, you know, the, the 23 or 24 years that I went without dealing with my emotions and, and my past trauma, um, aren't going to be fixed mm-hmm. in, a, in a short period of time. So I've sort of come to accept that even though I still have pain to some extent, um, I've worked really hard to get to the point where I am now and my quality of life is so, so much better. And as a healthcare professional, this experience has really been enlightening for me and has sort of changed my perspective and my passion for being a healthcare provider because... I want to be there for people um, who are going through potentially a similar process as I did. 
And I think I can show up in a way that, that some other health professionals can't because I do have that personal experience. So there's so many different um, ways that I've benefited from this experience. But all I can say is just have faith that the work is going to pay off and that you're going to discover things about yourself that you wouldn't have without it. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast, especially all the way from Australia, which is the coolest thing in the world. I am blown away by being able to talk to people from all different countries. It's incredible. So thank you so, 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 so much. This was an amazing conversation that I know everyone listening will find very interesting because people really have been so interested in hearing about the mind-body connection and, and all of the work related to chronic pain and how the mind and the body are so closely interconnected mm-hmm. um, that yeah. I, I mean, I wanted you to come on today so that we could have this conversation and, and I could continue to use this platform to keep educating people on the importance of this. So thank you for being so open and for sharing your story and your journey and for giving us so much great advice. If anyone wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You can reach me on Instagram or Facebook. So Taylor Douglas, I'll um, get Hannah to put the spelling of my name if if you need it in the notes. Um, And then also I have an Instagram account where I post sort of holistic health education if anyone's interested. I just post um, things that I'm learning across the course of my healthcare degree and then also um, things that I've learned through my own personal um, health process. So um, that Instagram account is TD Holistic Health. But again, I'll get Hannah to put that in the notes for everyone to refer to. Yes. So I'll put both of your Instagram accounts in the show notes and everyone can access your information there. This was so, 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 so amazing. Thank you again. And hopefully we can have another conversation soon and do a part two and talk more about your life and and everything that we discussed today. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Thank you again for having me. Before I go, I might just quickly give a shout out to Mm -hmm. a podcast that I found particularly helpful that I haven't um, mentioned just yet. The Mind and Fitness Podcast by Eddie Lindenstein. I'm not sure if anyone else. Kitty mentioned that. that. And I want to start listening to it. I haven't yet, but I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. So um, between Nicole's podcast and his podcast, um, they're both very helpful. They've got a lot of success stories on there, um, which was another sort of big part of my um, journey. I would literally listen to a, an episode of that podcast almost every day just to hear people's success stories to, to keep me sort of focused and, and having faith in the process. So I would definitely recommend checking his podcast out. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problems at all. Thanks, Hannah. Before we go, there's something I need to share with you guys. So there is this incredible company called Let's Get Checked, and basically they are an at-home testing company. So they have so many different tests that you can take, many of which are sexual health tests. So chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomoniasis, HIV, syphilis, garnerella, 
mycoplasma, urea plasma, herpes simplex one and two, the list goes on and on and on. And then they also have women's health tests such as vitamin, thyroid, folate, liver, cholesterol, cortisol, iron. It's unbelievable. I've done several of them myself, which I'm gonna continue to share with you guys specifically about which tests I've done and what the results have said and then which supplements I'm taking. But it's an incredible company and all you need to do is go to their website, which is www.trylgc.com backslash VHive and add any test to your cart and then use the code VHive at checkout for 20% off your order and they ship the test to your house. You prick your finger with this little device that they send you and then you put the blood into this tiny jar. I've done it, as I said, several times and it's really, really, really simple and easy. So it's discreet. You don't have to go to a doctor's office, especially now when it's harder to get into doctors and you don't want to be exposed to as many people. These are tests that you can do in the comfort of your own home. They have an app where you can view your results and it's just simple. It makes everything easier. So I highly recommend trying some of their tests out. Again, go to www.trylgc.com backslash VHive, V-H-I-V-E, and enter the promo code VHive at checkout for 20% off your order. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.